All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne. It's my job to unpack these stories and mental fitness practices of people living top of their game personally and professionally. And today we have Emma Dunwitty on the show, a qualified master coach and human behavioral specialist who wakes people up to the power within. Hell yeah to that. Using her unique method of transformational human design, a system of self-knowledge and guidance unlike anything else that exists. Emma, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. As am I. It's been uh, it's been fun. Two days in a row. I was on your show yesterday. It just feels like I feel spoiled to have this time with you. So thank you. You're so welcome. I kind of feel the same. I'm like, what are we going to do after this? Like in some know, way, right? we're just going to have to keep connecting because yeah. we're going to start up a series. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love it. Okay. I mean, I'm like chomping at the bit to get into human design, but I have to just pause for a second and, and dial it back and, and start the show off in the same way that I, I always do for a very specific reason. And that is to avoid job titles and, you know, the like, I am this, I am that. And just start with today. Who are you? Who is Emma? Wow. Well, today I am walking my talk. That's who I am today. Um, For all the years that I have been on this journey, healing my own mental health, for building a business and helping other people transform their lives, today I am being the version of me that needs every single one of my tools in my toolkit and to show up for myself and love myself and accept myself and yeah, lean into things that are hard and challenging and and full mm. of fear because what's on the other side, which I can see is fantastic, but right now I'm in the thick of it. So yeah, that's who I am today. Oh, well, thank you for being so you know open and transparent with that. I mean, normally we get into some of the practice stuff uh, later in the show, but I mean, this just feels uh, feels feels right to probe a little bit because um, I can resonate with this as well when you when when you work in the in a space like ours and you've got you know all the practices as you could say uh sometimes that you know that's that's a bit challenging because people it, it doesn't or doesn't mean that uh it doesn't it, it it doesn't mean that it makes the journey any uh easier when there's tough times so i'm curious in moments like this like what do you do to just pause mm i love that so one of the things that has been a game changer for me and for for my audience, if you like, is boundaries. Mm, um, okay. So a large part of how I pause is I put boundaries in place. I'm really honest about what I can and can't handle, um, what is on my plate, what's going on, knowing my priorities. Um, and I think also being super conscious of the voice in my head. You know, what am I telling myself? Um, you know, today I had a class in my membership um, community this afternoon and I had to be honest, I had to say, I actually don't have the brain space for this. Um, today I need to look after my kids. Today I've got other commitments that I that I have to follow through on. And this is something that I teach my entire community that we yeah. have to be honest, we have to trust, you know, what we call in human design, our strategy and authority. And, and that was what I was really being guided to do today. So yeah, I think that being super honest with yourself, watching what's going on in your head, knowing that 
you know, one of my favorite things is like, we can't believe everything that we think, you know, challenge what you think, mm. challenge your beliefs and your patterns. Is this coming from what I call a resourceful place or an unresourceful place? Like, is it coming from fear or is it coming from love? So I just constantly have those practices running through my awareness all the time. And I'm not perfect at it. Um, however, you know, like you say, with the, the mental fitness thing, like I feel like I've been at this gym for the last 20 years. So yeah. the muscles are strong and they're built. So it's easy for me just to, to default back to the good habits when I'm feeling really challenged. Yeah. Well, speaking of feeling really challenged, one thing I did want to ask you about, and you know, we haven't talked about this since I think we first met, but you went on a little walk not so not so long ago. And I say little walk, it kind of tongue in cheek. It was a pretty long walk. How how did that go? What first of all, yeah. what was it just for the listeners? And then I'm just I'm dying to know the the flow of that walk, you know, physically and mentally, like how how it all kind of unpacked and and surfaced and, and so forth. Yeah. Awesome. I love this question. Um so the walk it's co- itself is called um, the Camino, the Camino de Santiago, and there are many what they call ways. So you can go from Portugal, you can go from France, you can actually go from your front door if you want to. Um, and the way that I did was what they call the French way, and it's the most popular way, and it's 800 kilometers or 500 miles of walking. And you walk... Um, up and over the Pyrenees Mountains and then along the top of Spain. And we went all the way to the coast. So, um, yeah, right to the water, to wow. a place that they actually call Land's End. Um, okay. And, yeah, like I think once upon a time they actually thought that was the end of the world, you know. Wow. Um, and, yeah, so that was that's where we've been and um, it was freaking intense. It was mm-hmm. amazing. And, you know, I live my Why entire life. Why did you life, do it, Emma? Though, like, what was the motivating factor to, to well, do it? So this is such a great question because my mind wants to go, well, because of this, this, and this, and this. But actually, the truth is, like, I did it five years ago, um, and the same thing happened then. And this story, you know, everyone will say this, is it's like, it just calls you. It mm. just all of a sudden appears in your awareness, and before you know it, you're booking your flight, and you turn up, and... You know, people often send me messages saying, so what tour group did you go with? And I'm like, "Mm, there is no tour group. I mean, there is. You can if you want to. But we just turned up. The first time I did it, I did it pretty much on my own. Obviously, I had my Camino family. I met these people really quickly, so it wasn't on my own, on my own. This time I went with my eldest son and some of my dearest friends. And, yeah, it kind of just calls to you. And the whole, for me, in my experience and those that I've walked with and the stories that I've heard, it always comes at a time in your life when huge transformation lies ahead. It's This walk is a walk where you leave behind the old you and you step into the new you and then you go home and it's kind of like, wow, now I need to be this person. And, you know, it's a lot of why I'm having a challenging 24 hours because a lot yeah. of great and amazing things have happened, but I have to let go of the old parts of me so that these new parts of me can fully thrive. So... Yeah, that's what I did it. I was called and it's a time of massive up-leveling in my life. Okay. And how was, let's say, the, the first four to six hours on your mind? Um, so the first, because I've done it before, there was like an awareness of what it was going to be like. And that was okay. the scariest part. 
because the first time I didn't know what was ahead of me and the first day's walk is a real slap in the face because you are walking, you know, up some really like the steepest roads I've ever walked up. Um, You get to the first stop after walking 10 kilometres just to know that that's just the beginning. You know, you've still got to walk another, you know, 20 odd kilometres. But this time it was really different. I'm, I'm lucky this time because I have the comparison of last time. And last time I remember setting off from this spot going, oh my God, I don't think I can do this. Whereas mm-hmm. this time I was like, wow, I've got this. This is, this is amazing. You know, I was more present. I, um, the weather was a lot better this time. So we got to see all these incredible views. Um, yeah. but there is also that almost trepidation, like, you know, am I getting ahead of myself? Because I know what's ahead, but yeah, I, my mindset, the difference in my mindset between then and now was so obvious and in a good way, which was great. Okay. So what, uh, what did you come home with? Wow. Good question. So I came home with really this, this understanding of how easy life can be, you know, like for many years, I'm like, oh my God, I just want to, I want things to be easier. Why do I have to do things the hard way? Why is it always challenging for me? You know, really unresourceful questions and, you know, a lot in my 20s. And mm-hmm. human design has helped me understand that because in human design, I'm a line three. So there's a lot of trial and error in my life. So it kind of helped me to understand that I am just this explorer energy. I love to test things out and experiment. So this time walking the Camino, one of my intentions was ease and grace. And what I really understood is that although we had these epic challenges, um, what ease meant for me is was just this knowing that I've got this, you know, that whatever presents itself, you know, there is an easy solution. And if I don't resist the hard things and the challenges and, you know, if I don't resist this massive hill that I've got to walk up or this, you know, my pack being especially heavy that day, if I just lean in and um, accept it and maybe find solutions and work with it. Oh my God, that's what ease is. You know, ease is, is being without resistance. Yeah. I love that. And was there, cause how long has it been since you, it, it's fairly recent, right? It was this last yeah. month. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got back. Um, yeah, we got back in July. Okay. What has helped, if anything, has anything helped to just continue like, I guess the integration of, of what you learned about yourself and like some of this ease and just the subtle reminders. I mean, even today, I mean, today is probably the opposite of, of that ease from, from what you're sharing. Um, what has been helpful to just keep that experience alive? Because I think we all have, you know, it's not all, we're not all walking uh, these long distances or, or whatnot, but we all have these moments of, of potential transformation or these, these, I guess you can say experiences that are outside of the regular routine and, and norm that they're typically magical during, but they can fizzle really fast, mm-hmm. you know, once we get back into the regular world. So I'm curious to see how um, you've been able to continue that or your intention to continue some of those, those yeah. insights and, and learnings. So a lot of that, I love this question because uh, you know, I'm all about integration. You know, what's the point in learning something if you can't do it, if you can't bring it into your yeah. life? And I think the first thing is just journaling these things and being really conscious that, 
Um, I want to go back and I want to review those things and implement, you know, from the word go, like really implement. But I think this time the biggest thing has been community. It's been the the crew that I walked with. It's been checking in with them, all of us saying, wow, this challenge showed up and, you know, this happened instead. Um, There was one, one day on the Camino where we were walking up this mountain and we knew that the mountain was coming. It was a day that the previous time I didn't walk because I was injured. So I'd never walked this path before. And, you know, the book's like it's got this massive elevation. It's a big kilometers day. We we're actually in the middle of a heat wave. So like it's going to be 40 something degrees. Um, and so we do all the things we can possibly do. We get up super early. We send our packs on. So we just have a small pack. Um, you know, we take snacks. We do everything we possibly can. and. We are walking and walking and walking and we keep saying like, where's this hill? Like I can see it in the distance, but we're just, we're just kind of walking this normal terrain. And mm-hmm. we sit down at this cafe after we've kind of noticed a little bit of elevation and, we, and we've decided, okay, well, this must be the beginning of the elevation. We sit down, we check all of our, um, our maps and our distances and it turns out we're two thirds of the way up the hill. And this for me, I turned straight to, to Taylor. So Taylor works with me in the business. She's also one of my dearest friends. Um, and I said, oh, my God, is this not the most epic metaphor you've ever, ever seen? You know, like we did all the preparation. We've shown up. We've done the work. Um, and when we actually checked in, we're already two-thirds of the way up the mountain. Like that's just the business, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that's the perfect metaphor for life. So yeah. I think that because we've shared all these things, we learned the lessons, we shared the metaphors, we're constantly asking um, what does this mean to you? How does this change your life while we were there? So I think community has been really the biggest thing. I mean, even my son is constantly referring back to, you know, wow, this thing is going on at school. And now I realize after the walk in the Camino that everything is so different. Um, so yeah, this time it's been really about community. That perspective shift, right? That, it, that those experiences give as well. That's, that's yeah. beautiful. It's interesting as you're saying, you know, just, uh, regarding kind of checking the maps and the data and this and that and like what that sometimes can do to your mind in terms of like anticipation and and what for me what it comes that where this happened or where I've experienced this before is is mountain biking it's something I'm quite passionate about and uh, I remember first really signing like even just an apple watch and like tracking the heart rate and this and that and uh, you know, not that I'm I'm suggesting to not be cautious and have a heart attack while you're on your your bike or running or whatnot, but I noticed that as I was just paying attention to just even my heart rate going up certain hills and whatnot, I was almost freaking myself out to the point where you know now I mean I still track the rides, but I I have my my watch like I can't really see it, you know, it's on you know like a disappearing mode type thing, and it's night and day. You know, because it's I'm not I'm not being uh, distracted by these these metrics and just in the moment and you know giving it my all and knowing mm-hmm. and, and I guess being intuitive with the signs of my own body instead of relying on all of these these metrics and there's just so many metrics now with tracking and so Fair. forth and sleep and this and it's like did you sleep well or not you know last night sometimes it's just the basics right yeah. Yeah. I just, I think this is such an important point. And, you know, this goes to a lot of the work that I do from a behavioral point of view. 
you know, like I'm really conscious of what goes into into my awareness because mm-hmm. once it's in there, we make decisions about it. And I think that's, you know, you saying about your watch and be upset and freaking yourself out. I've been there too, you know, like I used to, every time my heart really pounded in my chest and I was paying attention to those things, I was be like, oh my God, what's going on? And yeah. I think we have to be so careful because our, our unconscious mind, um, especially if we are in that place where it's operating potentially from this fight, flight, freeze, from this place where it's in protection, in safety mode, it's going to tell you all these crazy things. So I actually think that that's one of the challenges with the data. I think the data is great and I totally get that this is going to, you know, it's a way that we can, you know, grow and, and evolve mm-hmm. and all of those great things. But at the end of the day, we have to start trusting ourselves over the data. You know, like when you actually talk about people who have healed themselves from crazy things, I mean, I've healed a smashed knee on my own and it's because mm. I refuse to listen to anything that I potentially should have listened to. Yes. Because I believed it was possible. Um, and that's happened a lot with me and with my physical body. So, yeah, I think we need to be, we need to balance things. Everything needs to be a balance. We need to make sure yeah. that we're in the power seat, not that we're giving our power away to the data. Hello, friends. Given you're here, I'm making the assumption that you're motivated to be mentally fit. So with that in mind, I want to let you know about the Better Questions newsletter, which publishes once or twice a month, providing all of us the opportunity to slow down, think, and ask better questions. As you know, quality questions are my thing, and this is an opportunity to share the prompts I've studied and curated to help our minds be healthier, clearer, more intentional, and expand our mental capacity. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter, which will also give you a preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. That's BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter. Now back to the show. All right, I'm going to shift, Emma, because I, I definitely want to spend the majority of the time talking about your incredible work in human design. And I, I'm biased and, and quite, uh, you know, just excited personally because it's it's been... Uh, it's been a, what would you call it? A method of practice, like something that has been probably the, one of the most significant, I guess, eye openers and, and moments for me where I felt, ah, oh, well, that's why, you know, one of those, those moments. So I do want to get into that, but I, I'd like to set the stage a bit in terms of how you, how you came about this work. I know because it's been about 20 years, right? I believe. 10, well, years? I've been doing, I've been studying human behavior for 20 years and I've, with human yeah. design, it's much more recent. So I've sort of picked okay. up human design the first time about seven years ago, but I've been fully what we call in my experiment for um, nearly five years now. Okay. Got you. And before all of that, there was about a decade in the advertising world, I believe. And I mm. think from if I'm, my research is correct, uh, it, this all like your transformation and it all kind of started when you were in, in your twenties, when you were, uh, in a very different place, uh, mentally in terms of where you're at right now. So why don't we, why don't you just paint a bit of the, the, the picture yeah. of, of what life was like at that time and, and how it's kind of evolved into, uh, not only your own journey, but also, you know, helping many people around the world with theirs. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this has been a an epic journey, like really an epic journey. Like so many people I, you know, grew up, I went to school, I actually got into university but deferred, um, got a job in 
the advertising industry, somewhere that I said I would never, I'd never work in the advertising industry because both my parents did. And of course, my conditioning said otherwise. So of course, off I went. And by the time I was 28, I'd already experienced full-blown burnout. Um, and I found myself in a psychologist chair being diagnosed with depression and panic disorder. And at that point, he said, well, look, you will never heal from this, but you'll learn to manage it. And considering that at that stage, you know, I'd been thinking, you know, I had suicidal thoughts and that lasted for many years for me. I was like, this is, this is not an option. Like management is not an option for me. And I, I remember saying to him at the time, like, if you could just tell me how I got here, I'm pretty sure I could work out how to get out. But he was like, oh, no, no, no. Um, you know, it's probably hereditary. It's probably genetic. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And in that moment, he took all my power away. I didn't realize it, but he took all my power away. And that has been the fundamental catalyst for all the work that I do to let people know and give them actionable ways to take their power back, to understand that, you know, we actually do have the power to create our own reality, to heal our physical health, our mental health, to, you know, create the most abundant relationships and experiences and businesses and careers. Like we actually are here to do what we love. Um, however, we're not conditioned that way. We're conditioned to yeah. do as we're told, what we're told, when we're meant to do it, um, because it's just easier if everyone does what they're told. So my journey was all about working out why I did what I did and how I could fix my brain. I was in the beginning, it was all about happiness, like the science of happiness. And of course, the more I studied, the more I healed. Um, and then I got into so many other modalities like neuroscience and quantum physics and metaphysics and all of these things. And I noticed by this stage, um, I think it was around 40 by this stage, I'd transitioned out of um, advertising. I tried a couple of other things, but I noticed that every time a challenge came up in my life, I would just go to one of these books. I would you know, effectively run the model, change a belief, do the healing, whatever it was, and I would navigate through what seemed like a lot easier than other people. And that was yeah. sort of the next catalytic step where I was like, okay, if I can do it, everyone else can do it. I'm doing something other people aren't doing. And that's when I went off and studied to become a master coach. I did three years of that. And it gave me all of the tools and all of the methods and structures and strategies of all the things I'd been doing for years, but in a really easy way that I could sort of impart that to others. So I okay. built a corporate business, walking, working with C-level executives, um, you know, running workshops, doing all the things, helping people, you know, primarily performance-based, but of course, relationships and mental health were also a huge part of that. And one day this thing, human design appeared and being a certified profiler, so I'm a behavioral profiler in a number of different profiling tools, um, human design appeared and... Um, I finally picked it up and started working with it myself and noticed the massive improvements. Like, and I was already, you know, having, I had good results. Like my life was good. It wasn't great yet. It was a big change that, that human design gave me. It went from being a, a good life to a great life. Um, why, why do you think that's the case? What, what was the unlock? Because up until that point, I'd been looking outside of me to all of these people. You know, it started with Tony Robbins, let's say, and I go, yeah. right. So what are the strategies? So I'd read all the books, I'd run all the strategies, I'd do all the methods. 
Then I would look to, I don't know, Gabby Bernstein and I would read all the books and I would write down all the stuff and I'd run all the strategies. We have the same um, bookshelf, I think. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> um, and so, so I was constantly looking external first. You know, someone's got something yeah. I want, I'm just going to do what they do and then I'm going to get the results. And I actually had this moment just before I walked the Camino the first time that I'm like, well, I've healed my mental health. I've healed my relationship. I have two wonderful children. We've moved to a place that I love. You know, I have a successful, you know, business, part-time business at the time. Why don't I feel better? And mm. this is when human design appeared because the fundamental difference is that I stopped operating as all of those people out there. I stopped yeah. looking out there for who I am and started looking in here at who I am. And then I allow myself through my human design, my strategy and authority to take me to the teachers, the mentors, the strategies, the methods, all the things that are going to work best for me. Because, you know, that's what I need. I need to be able to trust myself. I need to be my own guru. I need to know, you know, what's a yes and what's a no. I need to know what's going to work for me. Because so many times people are out there running Tony Robbins strategies and they think that they're a failure because they can't get the results. Like I'm not doing it. I'm not turning up for myself. I'm not taking massive action. But in mm -hmm. so many cases, it's just not true. It's just that's yeah. not your, that's not the best road for you to take. Yeah. Well, and that's what, you know, that for me, that was the big part about, you know, again, reading all of the books and, and studying all the models and all of this and just feeling like, I wouldn't say I was feeling like I was failing, but feeling like I was up against such resistance and that, like, how is it that everyone else, it seems to be just flowing through some of these, these beliefs or these, these models and whatnot, where there are elements of them that just feel off, frankly. And then, you know, and when I was exposed to, to, to my profile and chart and whatnot, that, that was that sense. It just felt like there was a, a weight lifted off of, off of my mind. It's like, okay, I can still, you know, build the life that I desire and, and have the same, you know, motivation and dreams and goals and whatnot, but it's okay to do it in my own kind of energetic makeup. And that is so damn freeing. So, I mean, please explain what human design is first and foremost, and yeah. then we're, we're going to geek out on that. <laughs> I love that. I love what you said, because that's ultimately what human design is. You know, it's the, it's the permission slip to be yourself, to understand that you mm. can succeed in any area of your life with more ease and grace when you do it the way you're designed to do it. Um, so human design is a synthesis. It's a synthesis of... Uh, ancient wisdom and modern science. Um, it includes the Kabbalah tree of life, the chakra system, Western astrology, and the Chinese I Ching, which is all about transformation and change. Um, it also integrates things like uh, quantum physics. It also looks at things like fractals. Um, it ultimately is your energetic blueprint, or what I love to say, like your treasure map. And when you understand all the energies and the lessons that are going on inside of you and how your energy is best designed to operate in the world, then all of a sudden you stop trying to change yourself. You stop trying to, you stop criticizing yourself. Like, oh, there's things about me that I tried to change for, I'm going to say like 15 years until yeah. I came to human design. I went, oh my God, that's my superpower. I need to stop yeah. trying to fit that thing into someone else's box totally. and just let myself do it my way. So yeah, human design really gives us that map um, to our, our truth, if you like. And the difference that I love to share with people from, let's say, 
I mean, Enneagram's really big right now from Myers-Briggs, from any of these other like disc profiling is that mm-hmm. whenever we do these profiles, these other behavioral personality profiles, we do it through the mind. So we have to answer a bunch of questions. Now, if you have a great facilitator, so you're in a, in a room with someone like me and they're facilitating, they're going to get you as close to your unconscious mind as possible. So they're going to get a, a more accurate result for you. But if you're Googling it, you're doing it online, you're really operating from a place of um, you're not really going to get really accurate results. Now, yeah. what happens is that because you do it through the mind, because you have to answer questions about yourself, the gap or the cognitive distance, the gap between who you are and who you think you are can be relatively big, right? Now, I know these these profiles work quite well, but with human design, what happens is, although it sounds out there, and it was so it was something that I really had to get my head around and I had to get my head around the science, but we actually take your birth time, where you lived, your accurate birth time, where you were born, you know, the country you were born in. And this is actually a reading of neutrinos, which are these tiny little particles that move through your body at your time of birth that leave all these influence, these energetic influence. And if you want to, if someone's listening and they're like, what are you talking about? Go and Google it. There's a huge facility they've spent millions on, maybe close to billions in Japan studying neutrinos. They are fascinating. Um, So with human design, what happens when you get your chart is that your mind hasn't got involved. So the cognitive dissonance is not the same. The -hmm. challenge is that you, what happens in many cases, and it happened to me, is that you're going to resist it because you're resisting yourself already. So there's parts of it that you might resist. Now, if you are like yourself, Mark, or me, um, and you've been doing a lot of work on yourself, then what you're going to tend to find is you do your profile, you get this information and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, that thing, that thing inside of me, the feeling, that knowing that that project, that ambition, it's real. Like it's real. I'm just not making it up. So it's something that really gives you that full permission to be you, whatever that is. And then, you know, it helps us see the greatest potential that lies within your design and helps you realize, okay, wow, I've just been expressing a lot of this stuff from fear. I can actually go through the process of healing the trauma or the shadow or whatever that piece is. And then I've also got this focus. The whole time I can focus on this highest potential that, that lives within me. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it's so magical. And it, I, I find, especially when you, when you marry up those insights with other mental fitness practices, whether it's journaling, I mean, there's a ton of different things, obviously, meditation, breath work, and, and so forth. I just find that you like I catch myself now. I'm like, oh, there I'm going into the societal programming now versus what I know is more true to myself. And it's not just me feeling crazy about that. There's like, here it is. You know, and I would encourage anyone that has, you know, never gone down this route or is potentially skeptical right now. Like, what are you talking about your birth date and this and astrology and whatnot? Just do it and you'll see wow, okay, there, I, I mean, I, I can only speak for myself, but it seems like others that, that have gone through this, you could probably speak to this, this better, but it seems to be a pretty common reaction when people see their chart and those insights come up. And, I, you know, I've worked about 10 years in the corporate space, and I feel like I've done every single one of those, you know, assessments that you're talking about. I don't remember any of them. You know, I remember them maybe for 10 minutes and think like, this is ridiculous. I mean, and I'm not trying to, to harp on them. Um, but this is so present daily for, for me, at least, that it's, mm. uh, 
it's powerful. Yeah. I'm curious, Emma, how, have you been able to, because I, I struggle with this sometimes with just even mental fitness practices, in the, especially in the corporate space. Have you been able to successfully integrate human design with business leaders and teams without them saying, oh, this is like, you know, another woo-woo kind of situation? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. And I love this question because um, the simple answer is yes, you know. Um, okay. And it's funny, we're actually building out programs right now to um, start in Australia. And then we're, we'll go, um, you know, over to the US and do it as well. But this is where it started for me because I had a corporate business. You know, I was working mm-hmm. with, you know, old white men trying to get them to, you know, improve their performance, you know. And, yeah. um, I, when I came across it, I couldn't not, I couldn't not talk to them about it, you know, because I'd seen so many results already just in my own life. So I, when I asked them, they were actually fine about it. They were just like, yeah, sure. Here's your details. In fact, what happened in many cases was that they were like, and here's my wife's and my kids and like, tell me how we all work together. Um, And then, you know, like one of my other clients who uh, she, I'd been working for her for, with, for, with her for years, with her teams, um, all of it. And she came to me once as a private client. She's like, right, I want to have a CEO role in eight years. That's my goal. Brilliant. I love a good goal like this. Three <laughs> years later, we were cheersing at her CEO role. And that's because she fully embodied her design. It changed the way she led the teams. It changed what she focused on within the business. It changed even the particular CEO role that she took in the end because she was doing the things that are aligned to her energy, her heart, her soul, what she loves, what lights her up, as opposed to doing the things she had previously perceived were the things she had to do to get the job she wanted. So I've had a lot of success and I really believe in it because I, yeah, I really, really believe that we're going to have a big impact in, in the corporate world. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it just should be a requirement for essentially every team to go through that. And because it just, not just from, okay, you're going to perform better, but you're, you're going to feel better. Of course, like you're, you're, you're up against less resistance and you're in those states uh, where things are flowing. And exactly. I mean, we've all been there, right? Where it's like, okay, that person, the right person calls or it feels like we're on a roll and time slows down, which is essentially a natural flow state. I mean, who doesn't want to live like that and work like that, right? Exactly. And then, I mean, this is what this is not the end all be all, but this is definitely a pretty huge unlock to to getting there. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the other things that's so important is that you know, like, there's a lot of people that are in jobs right now that they don't like. That they're like, oh my god, I hate my job, or I hate my boss, or I hate this, or I hate that. But what if it wasn't the job or the boss? You know, yeah. what if it was actually that you just were doing things the way you thought you should do them, as opposed to the way that you can access the natural flow state or creativity or what you're lit up about. What if you could actually work the way that you're designed to work and all of a sudden the boss doesn't seem so bad and the job isn't, you know, maybe it's not your favorite job, but all of a sudden th- that you don't have the stress and the burden of all of this negativity because it's actually you resisting being you that's creating all the pain. So the more yeah. you you can be, that's, you know, helping you let go of trauma, of fear, of changing belief systems. Um, and then, then you can call in the great boss or the great job or all the other things. But as long as you're in this highly stressed, 
place and you're constantly talking about what you hate about it, you can only create more of it. So human yeah. design really gives us the the power to go, okay, well let's just let's just come back home to ourselves, to our heart, to our you know internal guidance system that's going to actually show us the direction. Uh, let's have a look at these belief systems that got us here in the first place. You know, it was a massive mm-hmm. thing for me with my mental health. Um, and let's have a look at the potential that lies within us and start to focus on what we want, um, higher quality belief systems, how our energy is actually designed to work, how we're designed to learn, how we're designed to lead, all of these sort of things, um, and come from this different place. And then the job that maybe we don't love becomes this great experiment of you being more you and, it, you know, everything shifts and changes. So, yeah, I think it's such a powerful way that we can, you know, create a different world. Yeah. Have you, I'm curious, have you ever thought about if you were to go back to the advertising world, how, how different that would be or how different you would approach the, the roles that you had? And I mean, not saying that that's where you want to go back. I mean, I think you're, you're quite happy where you're at, but I'm wondering if you've ever thought about that and what that would look like for you. I love, this is such a great question. So one of the things straight away is that the way I'm designed, I'm actually what they call an alpha. So although yeah. I have all of this, um, so my highest energy is about community. So I want to be a part of a community. I want to build a community. I'm all about the community. Um, you know, I'm all about family, all of those things. But when you put me in an, a team environment, I'm an alpha. And what that means is that I actually sit outside of the group. I lead outside of the group. I do my magic outside of the group. So when I come into the group, I'm kind of like, well, there's no real purpose for me here. But it's only mm. because I don't have the energies that contribute to that. Now, yeah. the way I run my entire team is like the alpha. You know, like I've talked about Taylor. Taylor actually runs the majority of the team because she's designed to run a freaking team. Um, <laughs> you know, back to advertising, what would I do differently? Well, I am all about relationships, you know? So I would be, I would probably work in, in HR, not in sales, which is what I did. Um, I would be in a place where I would be leaning into my ability to communicate. I'm a really good communicator. I would be leaning into a place where I'm helping people build structures that serve them. You know, if I had my design back then, I would have done things so differently, so differently. What's What's material, like what's new in this? Is there anything that's new and evolving in this space? I know this stuff has been around for quite some time and, 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 the, and the science and all of that, but what, yeah, what's got you excited about human design and how it's evolving? So I, this is a great question. Um, and in the whole big scheme of things, human design is very new. It only came to okay. the world in 1988. Um, and until I'm going to say about three years ago, we had a handful of experts, you know, people that were there mm. with the original, um, the creator, Ra Uruhu. Um, and probably three or four years ago, something happened and it started to explode. So now we're in this world where it's a very new modality. Um, we have all of these, you know, experts because, you know, if you, if you work in business and you're an entrepreneur, let's say, it's all about being an expert, Right. We have all of <laughs> yeah, these of experts that haven't necessarily been running their experiment for very long or they haven't been studying the knowledge for very long. Um, and it's this big mishmash, right? So on the, on, the, on the downside, you know, it's hard to find consistent, reliable information. But on the upside, 
we're all innovating. We're all taking this incredible um, modality, if you like, or this system, and it was kind of birthed into the world with a very, um, I'm going to say, unresourceful energy. The language was very negative. The energy around it was very competitive. You know, it, it, it was, although this brilliant thing was birthed, it wasn't birthed in the greatest way. So now there's a lot of us that are like innovating. We're taking it and we are making it a little bit our own. So for me, what I'm really excited about is actually um, my own model, which is transformational human design, because one of the things that I notice very quickly with human design is it can be quite two-dimensional. You know, people get their chart, they learn these things about themselves and they go, oh, well, that's just who I am. And I'm like, eh, as a behavioralist, that's a no. You know, we're not, yeah, we're not two dimensional. Exactly. We're not two dimensional. Um, all you're doing is changing your identity from one dogma to another dogma. No, that doesn't work that way. So for me, I wanted to really teach it the way I use it. And I use it with all my transformational processes. Like you say, like um, with journaling, you know, as one of the challenges I'm going through at the moment, I literally just asked myself the question, where does this show up in my design? And, you know, I went straight to a certain part of my design where um, I've got to be potentially got a shadow of feeling unlovable. And I was like, oh my God, I never thought that was it. But that's absolutely what we're talking about. That's what I'm feeling. So there's ways that we can work with it. And with transformational human design, it also help people get clear on those belief systems that are in the shadow, you know. Yeah. And we know through the frame of human design and transformational coaching that we have to always go through the shadow. The reason we have a shadow is because we're pushing it out. We're resisting it. We don't want anyone to know it. We don't want to admit it. We don't want, we want to keep it you know, hidden. But the way that we heal our shadow is by integrating it, is by putting our arms around it and saying, yep, you live in here with all the good bits and allowing ourselves to integrate those parts of ourselves that maybe we carry shame or guilt or some of those things around and understand that if we didn't have that shadow aspect, we wouldn't have this other potential that sits within us because we live in a universe of polarity, right? So mm -hmm. it really helps us go through that journey of acceptance, of understanding that we're not broken, that we can actually, you know, refocus ourselves because, you know, what we focus on is what we get, right? So if we're focusing on our greatest potential instead of our default setting of all the things we perceive that are wrong with us, all of a sudden our whole life opens up. So that's what really excites me. And I've got this mission. I want to take human design mainstream and I want my kids' kids, so my grandkids, to go to school with their human design. Because if we were teaching children in alignment with their design, like I can imagine for someone like you, school must have been freaking exhausting. Like there would have been part of it that you love with all that mental definition that you have, but you would have been wiped out, so tired. Whereas my yeah. two kids, they don't want to sit still. They're not interested. They're constantly wanting to do this, that, and the other. They're told that they don't stick to anything and they can't concentrate, and that's just not true. They, they stick to the things that they love. They do concentrate on what they love. Um, mm -hmm. But if we could actually educate children in alignment with their design and understand what's most important to them, you know, both my kids carry a line four like you, um, so we instantly know that relationships are going to create your foundation and your safety. We know that. So we can parent yeah. the children or we can educate the children to know that if they're having trouble with their relationships at school, then that's what we need to focus on. Not the maths homework. We need to focus on their relationships because that's what's going to make them feel safe. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's part of my mission. I think that it's really important that we get it mainstream, out of the spiritual world, 
and into the mainstream. Um, and then we start consider- seriously considering educating our children in alignment with their design. Yeah. I love that. I mean, really anything related to uh, just giving our, our kids the tools. I mean, I see this as well with on the just mental fitness in general. I mean, there's for the most part, there's just there's no awareness, or there, there's I shouldn't say they're they're it's starting to to happen. There's mindfulness kind of teachings and whatnot, but it's still very much like a little side thing versus mainstream kind of programming, which, which, you know, include all of the tools to be able to handle all the pressures of the schooling system and society and, and, and all of that. Right. And, and to your point in, with human design, then you're also working kind of against the current for the most part in this like very generalized uh, system. It's uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'll say I definitely support that mission and anything I can do to help contribute and, and support, please, please reach out. Um, I'm curious, one question, since you do have my, um, my chart and you're familiar with what's going on in my world, and I only say that, I mean, use as much as you would like. I, I, there's nothing uh, off, off the table here. I'm more so asking this question because I feel like there's probably going to be a lot of people that fall into uh, the position that I'm in right now, which was... I've gone through the process. I've seen uh, the the chart. I've had a bit of insight from um, yourself and, and and someone else at one point. And I'm like kind of just on the on the edge of I have some understanding to the point where I know when stuff happens. I'm like, oh, okay, this is probably related to this, and that's as far as it goes. So for me now, like for, like my next step, or this is what I want to ask you, really, like what what should I be asking? Uh, at this stage to, especially as, as, as an entrepreneur and someone, you know, trying to, uh, you know, create a, a beautiful business and help other people. Like I want to be as, is is in flow as possible because I know the, imp- the, the results or the impact of that can be exponential for, for others as well. Like, what would you suggest? What, yeah. would, what, what would be the next steps for someone like myself? It's such a great question. And the, the starting point is always to put the power back in your hands. You know, I think mm. one of the challenges is that with a lot of these modalities, we go to um, a practitioner and we get our chart done and um, then we walk away, but we don't know what to do with it. So the first thing I want to do is put the power back in your hands. And that is to make sure that you understand that as a projector, your strategy is to wait for invitations. Now, what does that mean? That means that you are on the planet to be seen and recognized for the wisdom that lies within you. First and foremost, you have to recognize the wisdom that lies within you because otherwise you're going to endlessly feel like you're never seen, you're never recognized and potentially try and push that wisdom on other people. A projector also needs to be really aware that these invitations will come when they are being really passionate and almost, almost obsessive about the things that they love to learn, study, create. They're very good at systems. So you're going to wait for this invitation, but while you're waiting, you're mastering whatever that thing is for you. You're letting yourself be passionate, obsessed with it, learn about it. Um, You don't have to worry about the invitations because they're going to come because that's what you're here to do. The projectors are on the planet to be these wise guides because you see the way we use our energy. You see when we're using it resourcefully and you see when we're using it unresourcefully. So you're going to guide people towards resourceful. That's going to be a natural talent that you have. Now, you also want to understand that, and it's almost like that's how the universe is going to dance with you. She's going to bring you these invitations. You're going to be busy mastering whatever your wisdom is while while you 
wait. But waiting is not sitting on the couch watching television. Waiting is mm-hmm. always mastering your craft or following a thread or um, breadcrumbs, whatever that is. You're doing, there is still doing involved. Then that you still are, does feel uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. I'm definitely, I know I'm doing that right now. It's actually, as we speak, or this year has been a big one for that, but it still feels, and this is probably old programming, like it's like I'm working on the business and not out there, you know, expanding stuff or bringing in, you know, or putting a lot of focus on, you know, new clients or whatever it is, even though, you know, some of that, that, that is happening naturally. And maybe that I'm answering my own question, but if it feels, it does not feel natural yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's for yeah. Sure. And, and this is a really, really important point because a lot of it won't necessarily feel natural. There'll be a part of you that's like, yeah, I just know that that's true. There's a resonance, like the, that yes. that frequency resonates with me. Um, but you still need to transcend your conditioned self. And you're a, you know, you're a white man, man in the entrepreneurial space. So part of that identity of being that person means that you hustle. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have to call bullshit on it. You have to say, actually, no, I'm not designed to hustle. I'm actually designed to do it this way. And, you know, so you have to value the time, this time, just as much as you value the time that you feel like there's a lot of, you know, really tangible results, like more income, more clients, more whatever. This time is just as important. So it's all about shifting your identity because a lot of the discomfort comes from being out of alignment with our identity. Our, our identity is created between the, the age of zero to seven. So we have this identity that we've created so that we're loved, fed, nurtured, belong. But that actually, we have to test it. We have to change it. Now, what our human design does is gives us what sits underneath that identity and gives us the opportunity to shift our identity to match as opposed to this mismatch that most of us have, right? Yes. So the first place is to say, okay, well, my... Part of who I am is that I do wait for the invitation. So the time that I'm working on the business is so important because this business and, you know, you might even look at the business itself as the system because this system is going to be exceptional. It's going to be better than what other people can create. So at some point, I'm probably going to have to help other people with this or some part of this. So I want to get it to, you know, to the point where I feel masterful at it. And that's where the invitations are going to come from because you're doing the work that you're here to do. And then projectors all have very specific people in their life that they're here to guide. So there will be people in your life that you may mentor. It might be the kids, it might be friends, it might be colleagues, it might be clients, but you'll know. And then once you have those people and, the, and they, you know, they've recognized you for your wisdom, they won't be able to get enough of you, you know, like it, it will be effortless. Mm. Um, so yeah. And then the other thing, oh, it's such good stuff, you know, and I think projectors are probably one of the types that have the greatest challenge because, um, you have to wait for this invitation piece and people get really confused about waiting for the invitation. You know, does that mean I just have to sit around and wait for someone to talk to me? No, no, go and do what you love. Be passionate about it. Follow it. Um, and just share it with anyone who wants to listen. Like, oh my God, I'm really, really enjoying this. And this is really fascinating. And da, 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 da. It's the moment that you try to give unsolicited guidance that you're going to feel a resistance because unless you've been invited in with that guidance, they're not ready to hear it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know because I'm a manifesting generator 
and I'm a line three and I'm emotional. I've got all of these things. So I kind of, I am the sort of person who jumps off the cliff and works it out on the way down. And I love it like that. But then there's projectors in my life that in the past have been like, well, why don't you just skip all the messy bits and just go straight to there? And I'm like, because the messy bits makes me who I am. Like it's part of who I am. So I know that, you know, the projectors in my life, they let me do my process. And when I invite their knowledge in, then they'll give it to me in spades. So it really helps us um, navigate and also not take other people's behavior personally. You know, I think one of the beauties of human design is that when you know your partner's design or your kid's design or your friend's design, you start to treat them as they need to be treated, not as you want to be treated, as they want to be treated. And, you know, that's, that's incredible. That's such a game changer. Oh, it's, I mean, I, I, we could continue for hours, of course, but I want to respect your time. So I, uh, I'll start wrapping up. I mean, I mean, everything you said is, is so bang on. And I, I have to say like, this is again, what has felt so right having this, this knowledge and this, this, this is this insight from human design. And so I do, I encourage everyone listening, um, I'll put the links in the show notes. Definitely your website is a beautiful resource to A, uh, get your chart. But what I really like about, and I was, I was playing with this this morning as well, as I redid mine. And I love how you have all the podcast links attached to your essentially printout. So you can't, so it's not like you're just looking, because you'll see when you, you look at this, you're like, what the hell is this, right? It's, all, you know, all these like, arrows and numbers and things shaded in and whatnot and but you know thankfully you have a bunch of resources that at least can get people started then of course uh, a bunch of beautiful courses and master classes and whatnot to get to go even further so uh i'll put the link in the show notes for all of that but emma is there anything else that or or anywhere else you'd like to point people or any final words um, well, yes, I straight away, I love that you even referenced the podcast links on, you know, when you go and get your free chart, because Taylor did that. And it's part of her design. She's a line one. She's all genius. about the details. I know. And she's a genius. And she's like, <laughs> I'm a genius because I'm in alignment with my design. She's a genius because she's in alignment with her design. Our entire team are freaking geniuses, you know. Um, and this is the beauty of human design is that when we're leaning into our strengths, then we love what we do. Like I couldn't think of anything worse than going through every single podcast and linking it to a thing or doing the back end. I couldn't think of anything worse. Put me in front of a camera, in front of a microphone to share knowledge and experience, to solve problems, to lead. Sign me up. I'm there in two seconds flat. So if you're listening and this sounds exciting, you just have to go to my website, get your free chart, and then head over to the Human Design Podcast. And there's an episode on everything And of course, the incredible Taylor who works with me has linked everything to make it super easy for you. And just start with strategy and authority. You know, I didn't quite get to your authority, but you know, for you, it's all about waiting for what we call emotional clarity over time. So instead Mm -hmm. of, again, like white man entrepreneur, there's a lot of time pressure to have answers yesterday. That's not your, that's never going to be where you make the best decisions. The best decisions come from, I'm going to sleep on it. I'll come back to you later. Um, yeah. can you give me a moment? Um, you know, and waiting for that emotional clarity and just feeling like in the body, like, okay, now I know it's a yes, it's a no, it's a maybe. Um, all the best decisions are gonna come from there. So strategy and authority is really the best place to start. But yeah, go check out your chart, go check out yeah. the podcast and we'll take care of you. 
Well, and just one final word on that, because even just what you said on the, on my authority, like just, just thinking back to my corporate experience and sitting in these strategy meetings and all of these different business meetings, I, I remember always feeling like I was not the one that was going to whip out this huge strategy in the meeting, but I always felt, okay, I'm going to take the information process and I can come back to you tomorrow with a pretty kick-ass solution. But that never really felt right. And it wasn't necessarily celebrated. And, uh, you know, like I kind of flipped the question back to myself, like if I were to go back to that world, uh, I would just be more confident and vocal about, hey, I'll come back tomorrow morning with some, you know, um, with some really clear thoughts and just, it's just the way I think, you know, but I would approach that with confidence, knowing, you know, that's kind of how I'm wired. Um, so again, I mean, I can't, I can't say enough about this work and you uh, particular as uh, just the incredible human you are, you have well, to click on those links because you will see that that's definitely where you belong. You, you hear all the awesome energy of Emma behind that mic, uh, talking about everything that you're passionate about. So Thank you. Thank you for being you, for doing this work. And uh, I have a funny feeling this is not the last time we're speaking. So I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, my God, me too. Thank you so much. I um, just enjoy every single moment with you and um, having a blast. So yeah, let's do it again sometime soon. And thanks so much for having me. 